Blog Talk Radio. Live Network, your transformation station. And as I am Bishop Shalene Cook, and it gives me great pleasure to introduce to some and present to others our very brand new teacher, 
um, Sister Teresa Vassar as she comes to us with her program, The Scoop from the Stoop. So at this time, I am going to open us in prayer, and then I'm going to turn you over to your new teacher, Sister Teresa Vassar. Most gracious and heavenly Father, I just praise you right now. Hallelujah. For a new commitment not just to Spirit Live Network, but to you, Father God. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would just endow our sister from on high with teaching and teaching power, Lord God. I pray in the name of Jesus that something that someone will hear tonight will encourage their hearts, uplift their spirits, hallelujah, and literally set their souls free. So we just praise you for it all right now, Heavenly Father. We give you all the honor and the glory and the praise in Jesus' name. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, your teacher, Sister Teresa Vassar. Good evening, Bishop. How are you? I'm blessed and highly favored. Thank you, my sister. All right. Well, good to hear that. Well, how's your New Year starting off so far? Oh, so far, so good, dear. Everything is well. Looking forward to hearing what you have to say this evening. Well, I kind of wanted to talk, you know, I work for some local colleges. I've been working in in, education institutions for four years now, and I've made some wonderful friends. Some of the young people are just wonderful. Their minds are so bright and like a sponge soaking up everything. Um, Most of them went home for the Christmas break, and in a uh, couple, two weeks, they'll be traveling back, you know, to school. Uh, Some flew some bust, some took the trains, but most of them drove. And some of these kids are from year-round moderate weather states, and some are even from countries that don't have snow and ice and weathers like we have. So I was kind of wanting to talk to them because a lot of them do listen to me, and I wanted to talk to them especially. I wanted to kind of give them some bad weather tips or some tips for driving in the bad weather, you know, and I think the first tip would be slow down, take your time, uh, arrive alive, or get there safe. If you're a little bit late, that's okay, as long as you get there. But um, one, of the, one of the first things I wanted to say to the kids was, before you embark on any kind of trip, especially this time of year in Missouri or places where the weather may get bad, check news advisories and weather conditions in the state or states you'll be traveling through. You know, pull up the special extended forecast and see what's, you know, what they're saying you can expect. Now, we know that the weather is not always on the money, but at least get some kind of idea of what they're saying could possibly happen. And, you know, before you get ready to travel, you should always have in any weather, but especially in bad weather, you know, have your vehicle checked out and make sure they're in good running order. Uh, I don't know if the kids know, but you have your vehicles winterized. You know, hoses should be changed, antifreeze should be checked and all that. I'm no mechanic, so I don't know everything that that entails, but I know you do winterize vehicles. Uh, in some mountainous regions, snow chains are sometimes required. So, you know, depending on where you're going, if you are going to... Colorado's. Um, one year when I lived in California, we went up to Reno and we got stuck and had to rent chains or buy chains on some roadside place. 
And, of course, that was probably ten times as expensive. So, you know, try to prepare yourself for that. You know, if you don't need them, you keep them. And if you go next year, you still have them. They don't wear out if you don't use them. And um, some of the things you should always keep in your car at this time is extra a heavy blanket, not a little lightweight blanket. You know, keep some snacks in the car. Keep a couple of high-energy snack bars in a pocket if you can, you know, person, just in case you, heaven forbid, you were to run off the road and have to get out the vehicle, you still would have something, you know, in a zipper pocket that was on you that you could, in case you couldn't get back in the car, you still had that with you. Um, and I had talked to a friend of mine, you know, she was planning on making a trip, and I had gave her some of this information, and her answer to me was, I have AAA. Well, so there's probably a whole bunch of other people. And just because you call AAA at 8 o'clock, say that you're stuck in a snowbank, doesn't mean they're going to get there at 8.15. You may have to sit there for some hours, because a lot of people have AAA. And she said, well, it'll be okay. My heater works. Well, that's true. If your car is running, your heater will work. But if for some reason your car stops on you and you can't get it to turn over, you don't have a heater. So don't just depend on modern technology. You know, act like your car is not going to start and you're not going to have heat. So put blankets in the car. Put some extra food in the car in case you have to sit there for two or three hours waiting on AAA or a friend to come and get you. Uh, I just can't stress that enough. Um, you can buy fully equipped travel first aid kits. Um, most stores carry them. You know, they usually have flashlight bandages, you know, you know, a travel aid kit, I think is what it's called, not first aid. But um, keep extra batteries in your car for flashlights, cell phones. Uh, you carry traveling with a laptop or a tablet. You know, keep extra batteries because you're sitting out there in a vehicle for four or five hours. I don't know what the life of your batteries may be, but try to have a fully charged fully charged batteries because even if you have the outlets to plug in stuff, if your car doesn't run for an extended period, you won't have have that. You won't have access to that. You won't be able to charge batteries. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I tell you something else that's happened to me because I've traveled extensively. I used to drive from California to Missouri. And, you know, if you're depending on what's going on, I mean, like they, you can leave your emergency flashes on for a pretty good time before the battery will go dead. Hopefully you ain't sitting out there so long that the emergency flashers pull your batteries all the way down. But, you know, your battery all the way down, your car battery. But just in case, um, high-intensity flashlight. So you don't want to be sitting on the side of the road with every light off on your car because somebody could, you know, wiggle too far off the shoulder and get you sitting still. So, you know, if you leave your lights on, leave them on for a bit, or if you see a car coming in the distance, maybe turn them on in, depending on where you're at or how. You know, some highways constantly have people up and down. There are highways that, you know, they're not real well traveling. You may go a while before you see another vehicle. So, you know, keep some lights, flashlights up, and don't just run your, if your car's not started, which means you're pulling everything off your battery, just don't leave it set there with lights on, blazing, and music playing, because you're just going to run your battery down faster, and then you're, you know, kind of in, in the dark. 
I said, you better teach these young people. They need this practical information. Amen. Go ahead. Well, you know, hopefully they won't need any of it. You know, hopefully they'll make that right. trip and everything will be fine. But, hey, you know, be prepared. Right. Better be prepared and not need it than need it and not have it. Amen. Um, safety flares, you know, that's always a good one to have. You know, if you have to, you know, pull off the side of the road onto the shoulder as far over as you can get. But if this is a road you don't know, and the only time you've seen this road or been on this road is if it's covered in snow, don't pull over too far. You know, it may be a, a drop-off over there, but, you know, get off the highway. You know, typically speaking, if you get on the shoulder, the shoulder is wide enough for your car to still be on the shoulder, not down the ditch. But, you know, pull over as far as you safely can. And uh, if you know you've contacted someone or you've called AAA or you've got a friend coming to pick you up, if there's no reason not to, stay in the vehicle. Don't get out the vehicle and walk away from the vehicle unless, you know, you see a McDonald's, you know, up in the distance a mile or so maybe. But other than that, if you're out in the middle of nowhere and, uh, you know, don't get out thinking, well, it's one up the way. You just don't know how fast, how cold it can get, and how quick it can get there. Granted, I don't think nobody's going to be traveling in the Antarctic or anything, so you won't need snowshoes and stuff or a sled. But, you know, just be smart. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we don't want to find no living snowmen on the side of the road come spring. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Use common sense, you know. And I tell you something that I always travel with just because I'm one of these people that I hate to be bored. I can sit and wait for four hours for a tow truck. But if I'm just sitting there drumming on the steering wheel, that drives me crazy. So take some good reading material. Now, me, I read a lot of stuff, but I always put a Bible in the car with you. You might need some of that Amen. reading. Amen. Put the Bible in the car. Huh? I said, Amen. Put your Bible in the car. <laughs> yeah, put put your Bible in the car and put some other reading material in the car because, I mean, you know, you might have a long wait, you know, depending on where you're at the time of year. And, you know, sometimes people just ain't sitting around in these shops with their tow trucks running, waiting on you to call them. You know, they may be out on six, seven other service calls by the time you call them, so it could be a good while. Because I really hope to see all of my students back there, you know, on the 17th. So I want all of you to really have a good trip and get there safe. You know, the weather wasn't so bad when they left, and it started getting worse, you know, here in the last week or so. So by the time they start coming back, the weather could really be doing something crazy, and some of the parts they may be traveling through could already be really wild. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, this is just a few of the tips that I know about from traveling and stuff. So if there's anybody that's listening that knows some other ones, or Bishop, if you'd like to add some in there, please do, because I'm sure I didn't touch up on everything, but this is some of the ones that I felt was the most important. Amen. Well, at this time, if there's anyone in the gallery, and we do have a lot in the gallery, um, if you are in the gallery, if you would like to make a comment, simply press your one, and we will bring you onto the air. If you are in the chat room, you may um, type your you know your question or your comment right now, and I will relay it to the teacher. 
Amen. If you are listening via your computer and you too want to be a part of the conversation, you simply need to call 424-675-8300 and you can join this conversation. The Scoop from the Stoop is a program that is designed to talk about everyday things. It's not it's not necessarily a program where we're going to Bible thump, but we're just going to share information, common information that can be useful to us all. So I praise God for you, um, Sister Teacher, uh, for your commitment to doing this program, and you are doing a wonderful job. We uh, don't seem to have any comments or questions at this time, so you may continue on, my dear. Okay, well, thank you. Well, that's pretty much all I had to say on that subject. Now, moving into another subject, um, we covered this topic on Scoop from the Stoop last year, uh, close to the beginning of the year, but it's such an important subject, I would like to kind of touch base with it again. And I want to come across it's the new year. I want to do it at the first of the year, and I may go back in and do it, cover it again down through the middle of the year. And it was about extended families, you know, if you want to use that term, step families, uh, grandparents as part of the extended family. Because I know everyone knows how hard children have today out there. You know, they're not safe in schools all the time. They're not safe in church. They're not safe in movie theaters. They're not safe on the streets. You know, children are really struggling. So, I mean, a comment that I used to hear or a saying that I used to hear when I was coming up, it takes a village to raise a child. Well, the world has, you know, kind of gotten away from that so much, um, you know, as time has went went on. So if you are blessed with your grandparents to still be alive and able to help, even if it's just encouragement, uh, if you have been blessed to remarry or have a, another person uh, in your life, you know, mama, daddy, and stepdaddy, stepmother, utilize you, these people. All of you have to work together for the betterment of this child or these children. Um, you can't let your egos take over. You know, couples break up, marriages break up. Uh, you have a lot of people these days that are never have never been married. It's a baby's mom or a baby daddy situation. Those relationships a lot of times are not long-term. I mean, sometimes they can be, but, you know, realistically speaking, they're not always long-term relationships. So one party or the other moves on and brings a significant other into their lives, into these children's lives. Well, yes, you know, I'm a mother if, if, my ex wants to, you know, remarry with, you know, when my children were young. Do I think I have a right to know this person and, and see what kind of person is going to be around my children when I let them go to about their dad's house? Yes, I do. I think I have that right. I think that's my right to know what kind of person this is. But it's very important how you approach it. Don't approach it looking for fault or your own jealousy because she now has your ex. You know, look at this as somebody that's going to help raise your children. Make sure her values are the same as yours, you know. Um, 
you know, don't be antagonistic. Because if it takes, if, if I, me, if me and my husband or ex-husband at this point are doing a good job of raising our children, just think what two more responsible adults could do. You know, there would never be a time when the child was left at school because we're both working and we're running late trying to pick them up. Maybe stepmama can pick them up or stepdaddy can pick them up or even grandmother or even great-grandmother. I just see so many families, and I'll talk to you another story later on here. I see so many children that get kind of lost in the transition because of feuding parents or, you know, daddy don't want this one in my children's lives, only because they're jealous, not because this person is a bad person or don't have good morals or good standards just because they don't like them because they're with mommy. And that has to stop. They're young. You know, when you let baby go over to daddy's house, daddies, please don't sit there and talk bad about mom. You're confusing the child. This child loves his mom. Don't bad, and vice versa, ladies, because you can't stand daddy anymore. Don't bad mouth this man to his children. That is so wrong, and you're confusing this child. You're creating problems for yourself down the road that will probably take both of y'all, two step-parents, two grandparents, and a lawyer to fix down the road when they get to be teenagers. Don't do that. You know, parents always show a united front to your children. If you don't agree about something that's going on in the child's life, don't stand there screeching and screaming about it in, in front of the child. Send the child away. Mom and daddy, stepmom and stepdaddy, and grandma around or grandpa, all you know, sit down and try to discuss this as a family. I'm not saying everybody lives in the same house, obviously, but you know, if grandparents are around and they're taking an active interest in the children, ask grandma for her input. Or grandpa, they're usually very much older, so there may be some wisdom that they have that can help this situation that would be valuable. But I'm seeing. So much, so much infighting in families. I mean, in my own family with some grandchildren I have even. You know, mom and daddy are no longer together, and the children are being used as a bargaining chip. The children are being used as a battering ram. Um, The kids are confused. You know, they're scared to say they love daddy if mama's there, scared to say they love mama if daddy's there. These particular children are the oldest one is seven and the baby is three. These babies can't process what's going on here in any kind of positive way. They're confused and all they know is I love mommy and daddy, but confused. You set your kids up to either need counseling or a lawyer because they're going to get angry and as they get older, this anger is going to build and they're going to do something that's not good for them. It's either going to land them on drugs, maybe just how to get away from the feelings on the inside, or they're going to do something illegal that's going to get them in trouble. So you have to be really, really careful what you put in front of your kids. And it's no shame in utilizing grandparents or step-parents. Not me and they're trying to take over. All of you guys work in effort together and you could raise a dynamite child if you're all on the same page or at least willing if you're not on the same page 
at least willing to discuss things and try to find a middle ground. Okay? Now, I really hope somebody in the audience has some input here because I know my family is not the only one that has extended families or children, babies, mama drama, if you want to call it that. I hear hear kids call it. So I know it's not just in my family. Amen. So if anybody wants to help me out here, have any input that they would like to share, please feel free at this time. Bishop, tell them again what they need to do. Okay. Uh, Let me be obedient. Right now, if you have a comment or question and you want to jump in this conversation, if you are sitting in our gallery, you simply need to push your one, and I will acknowledge you by your area code and the last four digits of your phone number, and you will be in the house. All of you that are in the chat room, if you have a, a comment or question, you can uh, type that right now, and I'll relay it to teacher. If you're listening via your computer and you still want to get in on the conversation, all you need to do is call 424-675-8300. Hallelujah. Well, let me just check with some people. Um, let me see. Oh, Lord, praise the Lord. We have Deacon William in the house. Let me see what he doing. Hold on. Hallelujah. Good evening, Deacon Good evening. Isabel. Good evening. You have all right. You have anything you can add to this conversation, my brother? You know we always like to hear from you. Well, thank you. Well, I'll, I'll go back to the uh, to the kids on the road. Um, I worked as a director of transportation for a while, and, uh, you know, I think two of the biggest reasons for accidents are, number one, don't be texting while you're driving. Number two, if you are the sole driver, or you are driving alone, and you become sleepy, and those eyes get heavy, get off the road. Stop at McDonald's, some fast food place, get some coffee, get a soda, at least get out of the vehicle and walk around and get some fresh air. Number three, if you have road service, that's great. You never can predict when you're going to have a flat tire. I went to Texas last July. I had all my tires checked. Everything looked great. I was driving along in 100-degree heat, and all of a sudden one of the tires was bad. It inflated, and uh, it blew. So I had to uh, know how to change a tire. Uh, All my transporters had to know how to change a tire when they were on the road. So if you can't change a tire, you don't want to change a tire, at least know where your spare tire is. At least know that it's in good shape so that it can be changed. And know where your jack and your handle are. Um, that's about all I have to say about that. Of course, everybody knows don't be drinking and driving. <laughs> That'll get you in big time trouble. And it, just because <laughs> mom and dad, bought, if they bought you a brand new car and it's fast, that doesn't mean you've got to drive it 20, 30 miles over the speed limit, you know, <laughs> especially during the holiday season because then the Smoky Bears will be looking for you, I'll tell you. Um, amen, amen. Uh, as far as those know, are, go ahead, go ahead, uh, Deacon, go ahead. As far as uh, abuse, you know, physical abuse, verbal abuse, well, seeing lots of it, terrible. Uh, Perhaps you need to examine yourself 
perhaps you need some counseling from your pastor or a mental health facility or something because if you're taking it out on a young child, your own frustrations, you need to reexamine yourself a little bit. So thank you very much. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Anyone else have a comment? Anyone else? Well, I have one, Bishop. Go ahead. That Deacon brought up. Now, you are so right, and thank you for thinking of that, because, you know, when I used to do all my traveling, that was been so many years ago, we didn't have cell phones, so I couldn't have texted if I wanted to. So thank you for bringing up the cell phone thing, because honestly, when I used to do most of my traveling, you know, long, long haul driving or traveling from here to California, we didn't really, cell phones really were not popular then, only doctors Amen. So that didn't right. occur to me, but that is definitely a big one. So these kids be texting, and we used to put on makeup and drive, but you know they don't do that anymore. They just text. <laughs> Preferably a hand yeah, for you. Amen, amen, and, amen. And the other thing, for especially for female drivers, if you do have to stop and get soda, try to stop at a really well lit, bigger service station. You know, stop at the, the dark service station with a soda machine out front. Just Drive a little bit more if at all possible. That's if you don't have a cooler with something in it, soft drinks or water, bottled water. But try to stop at well-lighted areas. Uh, I don't recommend stopping at those little off-the-highway bathroom things, you know, at all. You know, if you can get to a love service station or just a service station or McDonald's or anything that's open that has people, I recommend that, especially if you're traveling alone. Um, so that's a couple more things. Yes, that's very good information. Uh, Amen. Amen. I would just like to uh, speak to um, the extended family. You know, they say it takes, like you said, they say it takes a village to raise a child. Well, you know, I really wholeheartedly agree with you about, you know, how, uh, parents should act and how they should interact with one another. I especially like what you said about not berating the other parent um, and not alien, you know, trying to alienate your child from the other parent. That is so, so, so very important because you're right. I work with children that um, come from extended families, blended families, as they are, what a lot of them like to say today. I don't particularly care for that, but whatever. Um, but you're right. They feel like they're just being shuffled back and forth. They're not being heard. Um, they can't love who they want to. They feel like they can't love openly. Uh, so they do get very, very angry. And so I spend a lot of time just talking to them, and, and more, but more than that, listening to them. Because, Dad, you have to remember, your children, they want to be heard, that they really, and they really need to be heard. So don't forget to listen um, to your child, you know, because they really want to be heard in a lot of these situations. Uh, Sister Vassar, we want to thank you for letting us get in uh, with some uh, conversation with you. Now we'll turn this back over to you, you so you can continue on with your um, lesson. Oh, no, I love the back and forth conversation. And I and I'm, and I'm based off of what you just said, I had my grandchildren over today. 
and they had all had little Barbie dolls or whatever for Christmas. And the two of the girls were playing with the dolls, and they were having a conversation. So sometimes young kids aren't able to verbalize to you, you know, what's going on in their lives. But they, I'm not going to get into it, but they were having this conversation, and, and I'm listening to it. And I called one of them to the side by herself, and I said, why are you saying that? Where did you hear that from? That's what mommy says. And I'm like, okay. And, you know, I called the other to let her go back and brought the other girl, the four-year-old in. And I said, why are you saying that? And she said, that's what mommy says. <laughs> and I'm yeah. Like, okay. Oh, so we have another comment. We have another okay. person that wants to make a comment. Um, hallelujah. All right. Area code 636 slash digits 9053. God bless you. You're on the air. Hi, everybody. How everybody doing this evening? I'm blessed. How are you, dear? I'm doing good. Um, I wanted to comment first about the texting and driving. Um, I totally agree with that. Um, the state that I live in, you know, I was just reading up on how they just passed a law for elementary kids who fight in school. They'll be charged with a felony. Yo, come on. But they have yet to pass this law where you cannot text on your phone while you're driving. And, you know, I just really don't understand that. You know, I'm a criminal justice major, and, you know, I look at that as like, you know, what is the system trying to do here? Mm. Well, the system is trying to do what the system is always trying to do. If you think about it and you really look at it, who probably does the most driving and testing? You don't have to answer that. We all know the answer to that. In elementary school, what what children are usually the ones doing the most fighting? You don't got to answer that either. We all know the answer to that. So it's set up like it's always been set up. It's designed to hurt a group of people while another group of people slide by. Mm-hmm. Um, that's you know right. That's right. That come on. Come on. And I think, no. I remember when, you know, like I'll be 57 day after tomorrow. And when we were in school, you know, you played with little girls and little boys, played together. We held hands. We probably kissed on the cheek of people, even in kindergarten. Now, if a kindergartner kisses another kindergarten, they want to snatch this child up and talk about sexual harassment. Child yes. Child sexual, sex, or harassment. Don't know nothing about it. You're conditioning kids to think a certain way from kindergarten. And that's, that's a horrible life. thing to do. You know, these children are not their friends. You know, little boy, little girl, they're not even aware of bodies being different at this point. So, Amen. you know, and I mean, I'm sorry, you know, kids, I don't agree with fighting. You know, that's never a way to solve anything. But when you little kids, kids are always snatching and pulling and Hitting somebody, and you're going to tell me you're going to charge a minor child with a felony. Then they wonder why the prisons are so full. The prisons are already so full, they can't put anybody else in. Somebody's going to put babies in prison because they had a fight on the school ground? Well, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, by any means necessary. By any means necessary. That's why I'm going to say it because I'm the bishop and I got, hey, I keep it real. Listen to me, black children. You are being set up to fail. 
Because like she said, how many little kids in school is going to be fighting? It's going to be the little brown kids and little black kids, okay? So what they're saying is they're going to turn our children into felons. That means they cannot get into colleges. They cannot get a job. They cannot vote. So you going to tell me that my 8-year-old, you're going to ruin his life because he, he hit somebody on uh, a playground. That is absolutely straight from the pit of hell. And well, I only think it people... was. Go ahead, sis. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I'll give you another story better than, uh, along with this same thing. <laughs> I have, and I know what they're trying to do. They're trying to stop some of the bullying, but that's not the way to do it. Right. But, I have a little grandson. When he was in kindergarten, he's he's a very good student. He's a very sweet child. He he loves school, loves school. He never wanted to fight at school because he didn't want to get in trouble and couldn't go to school. Well, we had an incident one year where a little boy said, he, six-year-old boy, said he was a six-year-old boy. We say that again so everybody hear that. Six years old said he was going to go home and get his daddy's gun and bring it back to the school and shoot my grandson who was in kindergarten. Five years old. Well, they took the boys in the office and they had a talk with them, and you know, and it was pretty much, oh, he's six. He didn't mean that. But now, if that little six-year-old had a grab the little girl and kissed her, he'd have been brought up on sexual harassment. But you know, anyway, we ain't gonna digress. So you know, they said, oh, he's just six years old. You know, he's just saying something, and they let him, you know, let the boys on back out to class or wherever. Well, my grandson is walking up the hall. And later on in the day, and this little boy, I think it was the next day, actually, this little boy just walks past him and punches him in the eye, blacks his eye. It's him hard enough to actually black his eye. Now, I thought it was a bad judgment call because just like that child punched him the next day, he could have brought his daddy's gun to school. I was in a situation where a six-year-old went in the house and came out with his father's gun. The child didn't live with his daddy. The daddy didn't really put the gun up securely. The mother dropped the child off unexpectedly. The father had forgot that the gun was not securely stored. And this little six-year-old boy did come outside with his daddy's gun. So to mm. say that the six-year-old could not possibly a gun in his hand is not true. That's now, right. this little boy might have might just have been blowing smoke. Might have, and apparently he was. He never brought a gun to school. But... You made a judgment call that could have cost my grandchild or some other child his life. Their lives. Mm-hmm. But now you're gonna tell me that if they out there on the playground fighting, they're gonna go, you know, they're gonna get somebody's gonna pull a pelt. My little granddaddy would stand and take a beat because he wouldn't fight back because he was the teacher told him he would get in trouble fighting in school. Well, I had to go to the school and talk to the guidance counselor and it was kinda of like oh, I just right. don't violence. I really would appreciate it if the teacher is there and, you know, they handle it. But, you know, if you can't get an adult to come and handle it, rather than just stand there with your fist to your side and get beat all upside the head, fight back and try to run and go get a teacher or something. But, you know, I don't believe any child should stand still and take a beating. So with this new law, my concern is what happens if, you are that child that's just getting picked on or being bullied, and, you know, you're just really trying to keep another child off of you. Do you pull the felony, too? 
you know, this this Please. law is one of these ones that kind of strange. This law ain't all passed. Yes, I just look. Well, people in, in Missouri, I pray that the people of Missouri have sense. They vote. They do not vote this law into action. I think you know, if anybody loves their kids, they would not vote that into to law. But you know, we really have to stay prayed up for our kids, parents. When your kids go out to school, you need to be praying for them. You need to pray because when they go out into that world, they are faced with some of everything. There are predators in this world. There are so many, there's so much in this world that can get your child's attention. So when they go out to school, when they go out anywhere, you make sure that you cover them with your prayers. You make sure you train them up in the house in the way that they should go so they won't have to worry about getting a felony because they'll be going to school like uh, Sister Vassar's little grandson trying to go to school and learn and not going to school to fight. All right, Sister Vassar, uh, we want to thank you. I want to thank everybody that's commenting. Praise God. Those are some good comments. I appreciate it, especially from the young lady. Um, I sound like Erica, but anyway, uh, I really appreciate <laughs> I really appreciate uh, all of your comments, Sister Vassar. You had a final topic you were going to talk about. Yeah, just real briefly, and I hope um, everybody that was on the line is still on the line here. One other yeah, thing yeah. I just want to really touch up on really briefly, and this is a situation that I've, I've witnessed firsthand not myself, a witness within my family. Young men, if you get with a woman that has children and you know she had children when you got with her, unless she had them here across state and after y'all got married or hooked up, she drug them in on you and you didn't know, that would be one thing. But if this lady had children when you met her, you don't get to say, well, I don't want to be bothered with these kids. What do you expect her to do with her kids? You know, frankly, you know, I can tell you what I would expect you to do, but, you know. So if you love this woman, you have to love her children, too. And once you take on this woman, you've got to understand you are so, you also are taking on these children. If you don't want to take on these children, don't go any further in this relationship. Cut it off right there and go on about your business. See, this is the kind of situation that causes animosity too, you know, uh, you know, mistreating or ignoring, which I think is a form of mistreatment. Children, because you really resent them being in the picture, you want the mama, but you don't want the kids. But this is a package deal, honey. Take all of them and you take none of them. So I, and anybody, you know, understand what I'm talking about, you understand what I'm talking about. If you don't understand, I hope you never have to know what I'm talking about. Okay. Now, the last thing that I wanted to tell you, and this is a kind of heartbreaking situation, keeping in mind what we said about extended families and baby mama drama and, you know, uh, new parents or parents and step-parents having animosity and, and, and not working in accord with what's best for the child, a situation in my hometown got even worse. New Year's Day, mid an hour or so after midnight, two young men in their early 20s, both of them had children with the same young lady, got into a fight, one shot and killed the other one. 
for no other reason than this is my baby's mama, but you guys are not together no more, and this is a new new man friend, and they're feuding. And actually one actually shot and killed the other. The young man that died, I believe, was 24. The boy that did the shooting was 22. You got two young men that's gone. One dead and one probably won't ever see the outside of the penitentiary. You got two young baby boys that won't have a man in their life to hopefully help guide them and raise them because one child's daddy is dead and one, like I said, will probably never see the light of day again. This could have all been avoided just by trying to do what we talked about here tonight, try to work together. If, you know, the new, the new stepdaddy was doing, being a, a responsible adult and doing what was best for the child, you know, then let it. Stay, stay close to your children, talk to them, make sure everything is okay in the house and there's no, any kind of abuse or neglect. But, why are you hating on a man because he's trying to raise your child in, to the best of his ability? And that's, uh, you know, that's the extreme. That's an extreme. That doesn't happen all the time. Hopefully it doesn't happen much of the time. I, I don't know. But that was an extreme case, and it just happened. It just happened New Year's Day. And now you got a mother that's distraught. you got... Kids are really too young at this point to know what actually happened. But one day, this woman is going to have to tell one of her sons that his daddy killed the other son's daddy. I really wouldn't want to have to deal with that, but she's going to have to deal with it. So, you know, ladies, men, keep in mind that the consequences of your actions could have long-term ramifications. You know, it just and young ladies too. You know, when you start having kids and you got multiple babies, daddies, keep in mind that what how you're living could have very negative, long-term ramifications that your children will have to deal with. Amen. And I need you know, you know, you young ladies and men to please, please keep this in mind because I would say. It could go either way. You know, these young men, the babies, the young children could be okay. But that one act, four people's lives have been just, just four. Not talking about the young men's mothers and sisters and brothers and family. But young man dead, young man in the penitentiary, and two little boys without fathers that are going to have to deal with this at some point in life. And that's just Amen. the saddest thing that I've heard in a long, long time. And I'm basically about nothing. And with that being said, it's all time to get out of here. But with that being said, one more thing I'm going to touch on. I know I'm kind of all over the place, but a lot of that situation came about because of Facebook. There was too much bickering, arguing on Facebook, uh, negative comments about the dad, or negative comments about this one back and forth on Facebook. Ladies, gentlemen, whoever, this is your personal life. This is your love life you do in your home, in your bedroom. I don't want to read it on Facebook, and probably nobody else does either. Well, but when egos get high, you know, you're putting 
on Facebook that this man is a no count, such another, such another. He's reading that. His friends are laughing at him for it and making fun of him because, you know, you putting this on Facebook and everybody's reading it. Y'all's a little circle, y'all's a little quick, whatever you want to say. It makes them act different. Now, he's got his egos hurt, so he's got to buck up, buck up and be a tough guy. So, you know, Facebook is a, can be a useful tool, you know, to visit with friends. I go over and look at my grandbaby's pictures and stuff. But please, Lord, please learn how to use it responsibly. I know nobody misuses this kind of stuff to happen. Nobody does. Nobody says, well, I'm going to put this on Facebook and this one's going to get mad and go over there and beat up that one. Amen. I know you just need for that to happen. Um, I would like to ask to be responsible about what you do on Facebook. Go ahead, caller. I would like to add to that as well. You know, it's, I think it's sad, like you said, this, you know, people putting stuff on Facebook, you know, and it's sad that this young man had to die because whoever this person was wanted the likes. He died because he wanted to get all the likes on Facebook. And not only that, you know, you know, a lot of them are young and they don't really understand, you know, Facebook, you know, I had to learn because with the field that I'm I'm wanting to go into, you never know who's looking on Facebook. Come you know, on, you, tell you it that way. Come on. You when you're young and you don't think about, okay, this is going to be on Facebook. This is, this is the Internet. You can't That's delete right. things on the Internet. The Internet is forever. You go to get that job, who's to say that person ain't looking on Facebook and they're looking at all the stuff that you said and did while you were young – that can, you know, that can really hurt you. That can really hurt you, Come on, you know, Come on. getting that good job. Nobody wants to hire somebody who smoke and put on Facebook how much they smoke weed, and nobody wants Come anybody on. in their company like that. You know, that can really hurt you in the future. And I just wanted to say, you know, young people need to be careful what you put on there. I mean, you know, I was looking on here. Um, I don't know if they, the, that, what's that challenge that they do where you have to be really still. It was a bunch of uh-huh. color, you know, they had guns on there. You know, they wasn't shooting, hurting nobody, but still, you have illegal guns, guns that you're not even supposed to have in the U.S. And, you know, you got it all over Facebook, you know, trying to get the likes, and now you're all sitting mm-hmm. in jail. That's right. Yeah, so you, you got to be careful. They should be in jail because they didn't. You know, and, you know, everything on Facebook is not true. You know, people put stuff on there, but, you know, if you're trying to make yourself look older or more than you are, you on there putting like you, you know, uh, the modern day John Dillinger. So if somebody got some beef with you, they're not going to come up and say nothing to you in a mannerable way or even want to fight. If you on there with these fake pictures of paramilitary weapons, they don't know what you got. So if, if there mm-hmm. is a problem between you and them, that's right. they're not going to come right. in no, a mannerable fashion trying to talk to you. They're going to come mm-hmm. blast. Now, you mm-hmm. sitting up in there with a red water pistol that you bought for your child. <laughs> uh, come on. So, they don't know that's you know, fake. They don't know that's fake, though. And <laughs> half of these kids they don't smoke nothing. They think they're being a part of the in crowd by putting this on here. And it's just stupid. And, you know, I, yes, I believe that since the Internet has become so prevalent in the world, I think FBI, CIA, local police officers, they just got somebody on their payroll that just don't do nothing but sit up and read Facebook all day. I believe that. I believe that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. 
that's part of because the cyber crime. They use that. If, yes, yes, because I watch on TV all the time where they, you know, and they and they and they show it to you right in your face. People, you need to pay attention to the subtle things. If you ever notice you're watching these CSIs and all these kind of pictures, they now turn around, yeah, let's look them up on Facebook and see if we can get a profile picture. They really do that. They really do that, okay? They really, really do that. So you need, like, I'm so grateful to the young lady who who really, I I, want to thank you, sweetheart, for that message because they need to hear it. They can't hear it enough. Um, we saw the people, and there's a, a, a group of young people in Alabama, uh, Mississippi um, down by Natchez. They learned the hard way what putting their business on Facebook uh, would get them. They did a mannequin mm-hmm. challenge, and they all had guns, and the next day the police went and arrested all of them because they mm-hmm. were for real. <laughs> so, you know, trying to make yourself notorious or infamous or bigger than life, you know, you you, you might want to just tone that down. Because like the young lady said, one day you're going to want a job. You're going to need it. You know, you're going to want to get into a good university. And that's all recorded. Even if you delete it, it can still be pulled up. No. <laughs> so I want to thank everybody. Sorry. Go, go ahead, Sister No. And what, you know, with our young kids, I know it's, I'm a folder out here. Remember, with our young kids, you know, pretty much anything we can do can get us locked up. You know, you know, why sign up for the death penalty? And, <laughs> you know, give them the help, give them the switch to, to pull I'm on just going to say this. Young African-American people, if you know that you are a target, if you know that your life really don't matter all that much to this society, stop giving them sticks to beat you with. Stop Mm -hmm. giving these people excuses to come down on you in the first place. Hallelujah. Start learning to carry yourself in a way. Yes, go ahead. And Bishop, just between you you, me, and the gay post, all young people. Cause see, who's ruling this? Who's orchestrating yes. all of this? The Satan, the devil. He really does That's not right. care about color. He doesn't care he about none of He wants them all. He wants them all. He wants all your soul. But he wants and racial prejudice makes people. But in reality, oh yeah, he's been using it for years. <laughs> been using it for centuries. So centuries. You know, he, <laughs> all you young people, because once all of us are gone, and there's no more space, if you could get it to that point, then it's not a problem with uh, black people or Spanish people. He's coming after y'all too, because the devil is coming. He don't care nothing about you being really white either. So don't. But Bishop, I thank you so much for this chance. To You're cheat. welcome. Uh, I think I'm about out of time, so I should probably yes. close out here. But I Amen. want everybody to take this little this little scripture and verse from Numbers 6:24 with them, and hang on to it if you feel like that. Say it as a mantra, you know, during the day. But it says, "May the Lord bless you, may the Lord keep you, may He cause His face to shine upon you and give you peace." And as Amen. always, it is our fervent mm-hmm. prayer 
respect you. Be you transformed. Thank you very much. Yes. Good night. Amen. Hallelujah. Awesome. Awesome, awesome program. Thank you. Thank you. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night.